talking about the armor of God. And we left off. We didn't get to talk about prayer. And so we're going to pick up there. And then we're going to attempt to dive into uh, conquering fear. And I pray that uh, everyone will get something out or is already getting something out of these lessons. How many enjoying the lessons that we're doing? I can tell you that, you know, we did this series before, but just the things that God has been dealing with me on in these lessons has been a blessing for me. So I hope that, again, you're being as uh, blessed as well. Okay, we're going to start off with prayer. And uh, what I'm going to do, I would just like two volunteers. I want to do something real quick. Just a little exercise no volunteers all right brother wayne come on up brother wayne i need one more no volunteers one more one more one more volunteer it doesn't matter okay just come on up whichever we're gonna do a little exercise I'm going to give you the mic so that the people in that's listening on podcast can hear you, okay? Um, all right, so I'm going to give you this mic, okay? Let me explain real quick what's about to happen in our DT. Okay, so we're going to do a little exercise real quick. What I'm going to have, uh, I've got Brother Wayne and I've got Sister, I don't even, Linda. Sister Linda? Okay, all right. I apologize, but now I know. All right, so we're going to have Sister Linda and Brother Wayne. Do this little exercise. I'm going to tell them what the, what's going to happen. They're going to execute it, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards, okay? All right. Ask God a question, okay? You're going to hear her question, and Brother Wayne's going to play God today, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to him play. He'd be closer. Okay, not, not even <laughs> all right, so, <laughs> there you go. All right. Pastor Parker. So, this, so, so you kind of have the background. You have the layout. Hopefully, they can hear me on, on podcast, but uh, that's kind of the, you know, the layout for it. So, we're going to let them execute it. Go ahead. Lord, why are there so many colors in the bags of Skittles? Why is there yellow? Why is there red? Why is there green? Why is there purple? Why is there blue? I don't understand it. Why so many colors? Why can't there just be one? Why? Why yellow? Yellow is not really my favorite. Why? Why blueberry? Why purple? Lord, why? I need to know the answer. I'm not getting it. There's so many different colors. One would be less confusion. Let's give him a hand. Everybody understood everything, right? That was said. Okay. You ever have a, try to have a conversation with somebody, and they always 
want to do the talking. Like they always have something to say. You know, you, you're friends with somebody and it's just like you, you call them on the phone and you want to talk with them. The next thing you know, they're like, well, yeah, I got to go. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll chat again. But they did all the talking. You called. But they did all the talking. Isn't that annoying? So after a while, that relationship starts to go a little bad, right? If that continues, right? Or is there anybody okay with everybody else doing all the talking and you're not? Anybody? I'm just checking. You might have one or two. Naturally, you want to have a conversation consists of two or more people. It's between two or more people, right? Reception and deliverance, right? Transmission, reception, radio talk, right? So somebody's transmitting, somebody's receiving, but in order to make that communication complete, there also has to be that reciprocation. When we pray, prayer is, in essence, communication with God. It is, notice the word, with God. It occurs between us and him, right? So since we've had this little skit, it's already easy to piece together. And I know you already knew this, so I'm not telling you anything new. But the challenge is actually exercising what we know. So I know that prayer consists of more than just me talking. Prayer is is also including God speaking to me. But how many times do we let God speak to us in our prayer meetings? Sometimes it's a good idea just not to say anything. Just let God speak. Right? So if Sister Linda would have stopped for a moment and began to listen, she would have heard who was portraying God at the time. Making sure I keep that clear. She would have heard the response that he was trying to give. I want you to know the answer, but you got to listen. Now, in prayer, we also have to understand that sometimes God is not saying anything. The worst thing we can do, I was explaining this to my son, the worst thing you can do is is give God credit for something that didn't happen. Okay, I know y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, but you got to be careful when you say God told me. There's a lot of false prophets out there who are proclaiming that God told them something. Now, we, they do that intentionally. But what about those who mistakenly say, God told me something when he didn't? Right? So, in essence, you're a false prophet, too. All right, I won't go there. But here's the deal. In order to avoid that, the Bible says, my sheep, they know my voice, right? That comes in time. 
over time, I'm used to hearing the voice of God because I'm used to communicating with him. So I'm used to listening to his voice so I can determine when he's actually speaking to me. Because you got to know who's talking to you, right? Some of the stuff that you hear ain't coming from God. So we have to be able to know that. But in prayer, as we pray, that is part of our success as Christians. If we, if we don't pray, don't expect to be successful as a child of God. The scriptures encourage us to do what? Right? I mean, there's a few of them that you can give, but it says men ought always to. Right? Somebody said don't fall asleep. Right? But pray and don't faint. Don't lose faith. Don't lose trust. Don't lose your confidence. Don't stop praying. There's a lot of songs out there about praying, right? Saints, don't stop praying. For the Lord is nigh. Sometimes you're praying and you don't hear anything and you think God is just far away, right? Like he's just preoccupied. Like he he got so many other people to worry about so he ain't listening to your little prayers. God hears all of your prayers. The only prayer he doesn't hear is what? Somebody say it. He does not hear your prayer if you are an unrepentant sinner. You don't plan on repenting. You don't plan on turning. You don't plan on living for God, obeying him, doing whatever his will is. You don't plan on doing those things. He does not hear your prayer. Now, if you want to, I'll find the scripture for you. I keep saying this, and I find the scripture afterwards, and I keep forgetting to write it down so I can give it to you all. But it's in there. So stop telling sinners to pray if they ain't trying to change their lives. You're wasting your time. That's the truth. That's like I hear some Christians try to encourage somebody in the world and say, oh, it's, it's going to be okay. Just be encouraged. Be encouraged. First, you need to change your life. You need to get reconciled with God. That's through repentance, right? That's the first step. What's the first thing John the Baptist started doing? Telling the people, repent. You can't live a successful life. You can't be a conqueror if you even get the first fundamental. So we got to encourage people to do that. Then we can tell them about communicating with God because now you're in a position where God will hear your prayers. God wants you to repent. That's why he says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should what? That's the first step. So prayer is important, okay? God hears your prayers, but just because you don't hear an answer doesn't mean he, it's not a, there's not an answer. doesn't mean that God is absent. What I've found in my life is sometimes when I don't hear an answer, it's really God telling me to stand still and wait on him. Don't be so hasty. To make a decision. You looking at your current situation now because of the way it is. And you're calling out to me. But you're ready to give up. You were already ready to give up before you started calling on me. But you're calling on me as one last hope. This is my last effort. Before I just decide to try to change this myself. Nine times out of ten, when we try to change it ourselves, we do what? 
the Bible says, stand still and see what? Mm. Sometimes the situation you're in, it's just, just God making your testimony. That's all it is. When you thought you were about to lose your mind and you thought you were about to give up and that was it, there was no more hope, God said, yeah, I gave you the strength to get through it. Just hold on. Don't worry about it. I know it's challenging, but it's building your faith. It's building your spiritual resiliency. You ever been to the gym and you lift weights some ways to just, you know, you get to that, that repetition, like that ninth repetition, and you've been using that heavy weight, and you just like, or you get on that treadmill, and you start running or the elliptical or whichever machine you use, if you don't go to the gym, I don't know what else to use, but, you know, you got something, you carrying luggage or whatever, right? You traveling, you trying to carry that luggage, and you done been holding that thing so long, you feel like you about to go to muscle failure. But what you don't realize is you're being developed. The next time you pick up that luggage, you're going to be able to hold it a little bit longer. I heard the story, and I, I'm not doing it justice because I didn't really... I can't remember how it was written, but the gist of it was the father was telling, I think it was the father and the son. And the father wanted the son to realize, or he told me, he says, hey, you can pick up this big cow, this full-grown cow. So the kid is like, I can't pick it up. There's no way I can carry that. He says, this is what I want you to do. You're going to get that baby calf, and you're going to hold and carry that baby calf everywhere you go. You're going to don't put it down. You got to hold it, carry it everywhere you go. Well, over time, that calf began to grow. But as that calf grew, that boy found out he was still able to hold that calf. Because as the calf was growing, he was still holding it, but his resistance was getting stronger. Because he was adjusting to the weight. Yeah, hear what I'm saying? God allows you to go through some things. It's building your resiliency. While you think it's your breaking point, God is saying, no, 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 no. When you reach muscle failure, don't worry, I'm going to turn it all around. I ain't going to put no more on you than you can handle. I'm not going to give you no more weight than you can handle. But I'm going to give you the right amount of faith, uh, the right amount of challenge to continue to build your faith. So the next time you go through something, it's going to be that much stronger. When you're praying, you don't hear something from God. It doesn't mean that God doesn't hear you. As a child of God, you know you're doing what you're supposed to. You're waiting on an answer from God. Continue to wait. And in due time, he's going to change the situation. He's going to give you the answer that you need. The worst mistake we can make as Christians, Christian warriors is to attempt to live this life without praying. We didn't even go over the word of God, did we? Did we use the sword? Did we talk about the sword last week? All right, I thought we finished that, but okay. 
We're going to continue on with prayer. Okay, so any attempt to live for God without communicating with him is a waste of time. Prayer is our line of communication between us and God. It is not a one-way conversation. It is an unlimited direct line of access to our creator where we can express ourselves to him and he can express himself to us. The more we pray, the more we should grow. The more we grow, the more we desire to pray. That connection is what provides us strength and motivation to press on and persevere through the challenges of life. When you pray with a sincere heart, God will not only hear your prayers, but will answer your prayers according to his will and promise. Jesus gives us a model of prayer in Matthew. He's talking to the, uh, to the disciples. And he says, in this manner, you need to pray. Matthew chapter 6. Right? Verse 9, he starts out, he says, Our Father, in this manner you pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, anybody knows what hallowed means, right? What does that mean? Sister Bell going to tell us. Holy, to be revered. Okay. Holy. Thank you, Sister Bell. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now, just that first part right there, Sister Bell already said it. But that part of the prayer indicates what? It's you giving what? Reverence to God, right? For who he is. So you can't pray without giving God some kind of reverence. Just recognizing who God is. Giving him honor, right? Respect that is due to him. In earth as it is in heaven, he says, give us this day our daily bread you know what that you know what that means to me if i wake up and i read his word i'm asking him to give me understanding of what i'm reading or give me instruction give me something that's going to benefit me spiritually something that's going to edify my soul so i'm not malnutrition spiritually give us this day our daily See that word daily, right? That means I'm doing something on a daily basis. I can't just say, you know, God give me. Y'all remember when he gave the children, he gave them manna, right? Right? <laughs> Stop trying to, you know, the only time it didn't come out, come down on that particular day was the day of rest, right? But what happened? They got lazy. So they start trying to get enough for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then the food went bad. See, God has a reason for why he does what he does. We just got to get on his program. But give us this day our daily bread. I'm not worried about tomorrow for right now because sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So just prepare me for today. Okay, and then forgive us our debts. Mm. 
as we forgive our debtors. I was watching this thing um, about a couple of days ago. I think it was yesterday, actually. And it was a gentleman. You know, you got these people that talk about their stories, and I'm not discrediting anything, but they talk about their stories about how they had the experiences of going, you know, going to hell or whatever the case may be or whatever their visions are, so on and so forth. But this particular guy, he says, the angel took him to heaven and showed him the host of the saints that was praising, you know, so on and so forth. And he just, he was kind of, oh, wow, he's in awe. Then he said the angel took him to hell and showed him the what hell was like and showed him all the stuff that was going on. He was just looking, he was just like, oh, horrified. And when he went to turn around, he said the angel told him, says, yeah, he says, when you, if you die right now, this is your portion. He's talking about hell. And the, and the man was like, he started saying, he said, wait a minute, hold on, I'm a pastor. There's no way I can go here. I'm, you know, I'm a leader. I'm, I'm a saint. You know, I do all this stuff. He's like, there's no way I can. He said, the angel told him, says, yeah, but you didn't forgive your wife. It was something you didn't forgive your wife for. So you're going to end up, this is your portion right here if you die right now. Now, that part stood out to me. I mean, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't get wrapped up in all the other stuff. But to me, it it's just that simple. One thing. Look at how much Jesus talks about forgiving. When Peter asks him, right, he says, hey, how many times shall I get, forgive my brother if he offends me? He says, what? That don't mean go multiply and say, well, okay, well, that means 490 times, right? So I, I should be good to go. You didn't offended me four hundred ninety times. If that's the wrong, if that's the wrong multiplication, don't hold it to me. But I mean, after four hundred four hundred ninety one, that's it, brother. I done had it, man. I done met the requirements that Jesus told me to meet, so I'm good. But that's not what he was getting at. You know, forgiveness is a reflection of the heart. This is what I always teach my kids. I, I, this is what I teach them. I say, you know, whether they come and ask you for forgiveness or not, you should already forgive them. Because forgiveness is a reflection of your heart. You can't go before God and, and expect to be justified because you didn't forgive somebody because they didn't come and ask you for forgiveness. I said repentance is a reflection of their heart, the one that that committed the offense. So whether they come and ask you for forgiveness or not, they got their own issues to worry about. But he didn't tell us to only forgive when they come and ask for forgiveness. He told us to forgive. But look how serious it is. He says, if you don't forgive Men, their trespasses, he says it later on. He says, neither will your father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. However minor or major they may be. So forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Those who owe us, those who offended us, those who did us wrong, those who who we feel like, you know, treated us bad or whatever the case may be, our responsibility is to forgive them. Sometimes I find myself, you know, going through situations at work, and I pray and say, God, help me to forgive them. Because right now, I, you know, I'm not thinking of what I'm supposed to be thinking, so help me, Lord. 
I just want to choke somebody right now. That's not right. So help me, Jesus. I'm just telling you the truth. Trust me, I'm not standing up here, you know, trying to convince you I've got it all together. I don't mind, you know, letting you know I'm still trying to press toward the mark like everybody else. Sister Miller. Now, it'll be okay, but it wasn't okay when you did it. So why do I need to lie to you? No, I didn't like when you did that to me, but I forgive you. I believe in trying to be as transparent. Now, I'm not saying put your business out there, you know, just no, because some people don't need to know some things. They don't, right? I mean... You know, the things that you the things that I deal with, the challenges I deal with. You know, me and my wife, we talk about some things. She knows me, you know. But if I had an issue with, I don't know, name anything. You tell everybody. Tell your people on the job, if you were working at a bank and you tell them, I got issues with, I got challenges with money. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, you working on your challenges, right? So there's a difference. Now, if you got a record, then you obligated to say something. But your business is already out there because you put it out there. But if you, it's something that you work on, it's a challenge for you, it ain't wise to go and tell everybody everything. I got an issue with women. You know, a lot of men do. But to go and start telling a bunch of the sisters, I got an issue with women. You know what I'm saying? I just got, but that ain't helping nothing. That ain't edifying nobody. She either going to run, you hope she running, be another Delilah. Okay, so uh, we're going to move on. Lead us not into temptation. Oh, look where we at. But deliver us from evil. The Bible already lets us know that God does not tempt man with evil. So if you're tempted of evil, you got to look. God gave me this this subject. I was telling my wife, I'm not a book writer. I don't even like reading books if I don't have to. But for some reason, there's been some things that he's laid on my heart that I'm supposed to work on in time. And one one of the subjects he gave me was putting life back into perspective. So... Thinking about that, one of the things was 
when we talk about temptation, we talk about men in adultery or women in adultery, whatever the case may be, but you got to look at who the source of the problem is. It's not that individual that's out there that's, that looks tempting. The reason why they look tempting to you is because of what? Well, we ain't going to say they psycho, but, right? The scripture tells us that the responsibility lies within who? Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, the problem, I said, you're not, you're not guilty of sin because you're tempted. You're guilty of sin when you give in to the temptation. And usually it starts in the mind. Right? That's why Jesus says if you look on a woman to lust after her, you have begun to dwell on the thought, so on and so forth. And so mentally, emotionally, you're already engaged. So the physical part is just a completion of what has already been So deliver us, or excuse me, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom. So we're asking for deliverance. We're asking for God to lead us and guide us. If he's given us his word, he's going to teach us how to walk in his word, right? Order my steps in your word. That's what David says, right? The steps of a good man are ordered by, right? But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom. Look at this reverence again. Thine is the kingdom. It all belongs to you, Lord. The power and the glory. Forever, not just for today. Not just when things are going good, but it all belongs to you. I give you the glory, the honor, and the praise forever in the good and in the bad. If we kind of look at our relationship with God like we do with husband and wife when we come and we unionize in the church and we get that we make our vows and we say till death do us part of course for a lot of people today that doesn't really mean it doesn't have the same value that it used to have but it should be the same thing between us and god till, till death do us part because the church is what the bride of all right so you see the prayer that was the model prayer it doesn't mean that that's all you have to get on and say. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Give us our destinies. We forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. Ooh, my prayer is done. I'm good. But he was giving us a model, right? Prayer is important. In our prayer, we make sure we're reverencing God. In other words, we're keeping God first. Everything that we're praying for, we got to be careful that our prayers don't become negative. We can pray doubt. Doubtful prayers. Lord, I really don't think this is going to happen, but maybe you're, maybe you're, you know, if you're willing, if you're, maybe if you hear me, but, you know, I just, the doctor said that this is what I'm dealing with, and so, you know, I guess this is what it's going to be, and, you know, just... But God, if you can, you know, but what about if I just say, Lord, I'm believing right now that it's already done. Yeah, I know what the doctor said, but I'm believing it right now. I'm claiming it. 
Matter of fact, I'm walking in faith. I don't see it right now, but I know I'm healed in Jesus' name. They told me I got vertigo, but my balance is in Jesus Christ. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Well, my mind is focused and my mind is made up. So if I need balance in my life, Jesus is it. He said he won't suffer me to fall. Right? I know that sounds a little, you know, but it applies. Okay. All right, I've got a few more minutes, and I know I asked y'all for something. I didn't forget. Those of y'all that was here last week. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, we got through prayer. Last thing I'm going to say about prayer, and then we're going to go ahead and, and, and do our review. There's scripture that talks about, you, it says you have not. You ask. The reason why you don't have some of the things you have is because you're asking. You're missing the point. That's why the Bible encourages us to pray in the spirit. After all, we're communicating with the spiritual being, are we not? To pray in the flesh, fleshly prayer is going to ask for fleshly things. So, it's going to be things that please the flesh. We're encouraged to walk in the spirit, right? So we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, if we're walking in the spirit, living in the spirit operating in the spirit then our prayer should be in the spirit because the spirit is in tune with what god's will is the flesh is not we already know that the flesh has enmity against the spirit so when we pray in the spirit we're praying in accordance with the things that god desires for us not what we think is best for us so that's how we keep from praying amiss by praying in the spirit the spirit desires to connect with god our spirit man desires to connect with god it's a product of him that's where it comes from so it desires to have that connection when we pray when we communicate we make that effort to connect with him it's the spirit trying to align itself with the will of god and as long as we're praying in the spirit we're always focused on the things that's going to please him it no longer becomes about us but it, it becomes about God. Amen? It's important to do that. It's important to do that. So that's why you can walk and you don't have to worry about kneeling down physically and, and being in prayer all the time because the prayer is going on spiritually. So you should be able to pray without ceasing. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. The spirit doesn't faint. It doesn't get tired. It's the, it's the flesh that gets tired. Okay, so we make sure we're praying in the spirit. When we're praying in the spirit, we won't pray amiss. We'll pray right on target. And always bring forth the things that's pleasing to God. Now, I asked the question, and I'm, we'll, we'll establish it this week, and then we'll continue with conquering fear next week. But my question to each of you, or I guess the assignment for each of you, were to 
find a scripture that you would use to combat or to conquer fear. So for those of you who were here, show of hands, who was here last week? Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass the mic around and ask each of you to share that just briefly because we've got about five minutes. Uh, share your scripture that you chose or that you use and uh, just briefly explain what that means to you. I chose Psalm 27 verse. Actually, there's several verses here, but we'll go with one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? goes on to say that, um, talking about wicked uh, foes and all of that, but this has been something for years that, that I have looked to. Um, he lights my path. He, his word is the light that guides my feet. And, and he's the one that is my savior. He's the only one that can redeem me from sin. And so I don't need to fear. I don't need to live in that state. And he is the strength of my life. In myself, there's not a whole lot. But in him, there's all the strength I need for whatever the day brings. Um, I got one here. Genesis 15, 1 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. Uh, Abram had a problem, and he trusted in God. And uh, he told Abram to not be afraid. He said, Cause he says, I am your shield. I am your buckler. I am your strength you can come to. I am a place you can run to when you need protection. And uh, we all need to run to our God sometimes for protection. We need to run to Daddy's lap and get up in there. And you know you're protected in the arms of God. And he's he's there for you. And uh, he does have a great reward to those that will cling to him. And, of course, we know that reward is the New Jerusalem. So something to look forward to. Mr. Barr. You, you have one, Sister Barb? You look excited to share yours. Um, mine is Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present 
nor things to come. For height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why should I be afraid when I got all these promises on my side? Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. So God says, don't fear. I'm with you. I got you. Amen. He's got all power. He holds us in the palm of his hand. Amen. Pastor always says, fear not, little flock. It is your father's great pleasure. Praise God. Second uh, Timothy 1 and 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I like this scripture because it reminds me, first of all, that, that anything that I have, any spirit, any feeling of fear, timidity, faithlessness, that's not from God. He didn't give that to me, so that obviously had to come from the enemy or some other source and not God. But it, it goes on to say, But... God has given me a, a power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I can rest on that and I can stand on that power, that dunamis, that, and that love, that agape love that God has put in me. And so that whenever I feel that spirit of fear coming on, I can immediately acknowledge that that's not of God. And I can just dispel that and say, I'm going to lean on God's word. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, we... This side of the, y'all, y'all off the hook for today. Because I don't want to go over the time. It's already 15 after. And some, some great responses. And uh, we are going to pick up next week.